like football, baby. <laughs> What's up, people? Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. And the only Dallas that I am on speaking terms with on this fine Wednesday night, uh, January 19th, we got Dallas from the Rookie Rundown. What's up, bro? Yeah, dude. The slide heard around the world, man. That was uh, well, that gonna was do rough. That? that was rough for your boys. <laughs> uh, it was uh, a very... It, like. It was just the cherry on top. Like, I don't need to go into it any more than everybody already has this far. But, uh, you know, what is this? Three days past this, uh, past that game now. And I've just come to the conclusion, like, man, he just, at the end of it, had plenty of opportunities. San Fran really tried to let him back in it. And they just still just screwed the pooch over and over. So as a Cowboys fan, I should have just expected at this point. But Dude, uh, hey, man, it, it could be worse. You could be a Bears fan like me <laughs> and like every offseason. You never hear good reports typically coming out about our coaching search. Yep. And three days in, there's already people that are like, yeah, I think I'm going to pass on the GM job. We're good. <laughs> Thanks, though. So, you know, it's a great time. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw somebody or the Giants uh, Twitter. Like, it's always funny. Like, sometimes I'll out of touch these guys that run these social media accounts for these pro teams. But, like, they posted on Twitter, like, you know, the guy, like, peeking around, the you know, the wall or whatever. And it said, like, 100 days to the draft or whatever and then mm-hmm. somebody like commented with the same like kind of guy poking around it's like you have no gm or head coach <laughs> like <laughs> so it's uh it's about to get busy i'm sure as far as the hiring goes no major uh hires yet as of today and nope. you know so uh you got to expect we're going to start seeing an avalanche with all these openings uh, all of a sudden right and as of right now dallas isn't one of those but uh anyway so um, how did uh super duper wild card weekend treat you uh personally there? Did you did you place any bets? Did you have any DFS going or anything? Um, no DFS, uh no bets either. Um I went a little bit uh I would say irresponsible last off season with my bets, and so I am no longer doing bets in the postseason because that's even more insane for me. Okay. Um we do a like a fantasy, I don't even want to call it a fantasy. We basically do a pick'em with my hmm. family every week. Uh, ended up winning that for the regular season, and I kicked everyone's asses last week. I picked a perfect slate of games, picked all the correct games last week, so that's positive for me. Yeah, yeah pat myself on the back on that one. Um, you chose but, San Fran, but yeah, yeah, I had to do it. Uh, my dad's actually from San Francisco, so if I had picked anyone else, I probably wouldn't have been able to come over to the house this weekend. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, not too bad. Uh, what about you? You have any uh, monetary gains this weekend, dude? It was probably like I'm not a huge like I love like I got in. I've only got into betting because of the big bet on this here network, right? And so I enjoy. I really enjoy uh, player props and stuff. Like it's it's fun to follow along. And um, <laughs> but yeah, I barely broke even, and it took some pretty like uh, live betting uh <laughs> maneuvers to get there like the chiefs i think at one point got down to plus three and a half because that when pittsburgh scored the first touchdown so i hit that you know trying to catch back up and i live bet like brandon bolden receiving yards to try to like get back into it because they he was like they were behind so early i'm like okay yeah. it was like at 15 i'm like okay like yeah he's the, we'll go so, with it. yeah those things it was only those like all the ones i felt confident like going in where i'm like oh god like this is this is horrible so um yeah obviously the cowboys taking an l and then 
not mixed results, I guess, on the prop bets. I didn't, I took a break from the fantasy stuff as far as like doing playoff leagues. I usually yeah. run one, but I just, this year, especially, I don't know. I just had to dial it back. I was like, so I was like, no pressure. If I do, if I bet at all, it'll be on my time. I'm not forced to like the playoff league stuff. You got to make sure you get your leagues in. So I was, uh, I was done following injury trackers. Very <laughs> on that one. So, uh, well, we got, and we got another great slate of games, uh, coming off this weekend. So looking forward to that, but on today's show, we wanted to bring in Dallas. Obviously he's doing the rookie rundown show here on this network. He's been doing it for about a year now. So, uh, you always love hearing the rookie talk from Dallas and he's been turning out some content here, but on the SmackDown today, we're going to actually take a look at the, uh, take a look back at the last two rookie classes. So 2020 and 2021. So the rookies from last year and the sophomores from last year. And we're going to, in essence, break out our top 40 um, combining these two uh, classes. So everybody uh, is on the board. Uh, QBs, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. We're going to draft this as a super flex with tight end premium just to kind of give you guys what you guys are probably playing at this point if you're listening to these podcasts in the middle of January. So uh, pretty straightforward. Other than that, we're just going to roll through these guys. We're going to go back and forth picking players, and we're going to get to our top 40 rookie sophomores. So this should be good. Get deep enough for you guys. And Dallas, I'm going to let you kick it off. Who you take in if you have that first pick? Ooh. Um, so this one is actually pretty easy for me. Um, before the season, he would not have been ranked as the number one player in the last two classes for a uh, super flex last two kind of uh, quarterback classes. But I'm going Joe Burrow. At okay. the 101 in the equivalent. Um, the main reason I'm choosing him over Herbert, who I think would be first for a lot of people, is the situation is very much up in the air going forward. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers are still the Los Angeles Chargers of old right now, where new head coach, new GM, new look, it doesn't matter. They still are going to charge her, basically. Um, very much up in the air with the receiving options. Keenan Allen's another year older. There's still no tight end of note on the roster. The running back now is going to be 28, I think. 20, 27, 28, something like that with that clear. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's 28. Um, and then Mike Williams most likely won't be on the team next year. Um, so it's very interesting to see how this offense in general is going to go for the Chargers. While on the flip side, my guy Burrow has T Higgins, Jamar Chase, who absolutely broke the NFL this year. Joe Mixon, the offensive line can't get worse because it didn't get better last offseason. So again, you would think since they blew, <laughs> I don't want to say blue, but that since they did not use a pick in the first five picks last year on a tackle, you would assume they're going to use the, one of the late 20 picks now on a tackle coming in. Um, there's going to be a lot more cap space to be flown around. There's going to be quite a few free agent tackles this year as well. Um, so I like Burrow's outlook. I think he is the highest ceiling right now because of the weapons, even though his rushing ability has tapered back since his rookie season, just due to that injury hesitancy that he's experienced that some of the other quarterbacks haven't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I, for me, it was clearly like the one, two or these quarterbacks. Um, yeah. I, at the beginning <clears throat> of the year, I honestly, I had Herbert probably around five or six, just kind of overall, like he was, yeah. you know, a stud. Um, he didn't necessarily move down a whole lot, but Burrow did move up where it's pretty tight between those two. Personally, I like Herbert a little bit more just out on a talent level than Burrow. Just, a, but like you said, the weaponry needs to be considered here. So I still have Herbert just a smidge over Burrow. He's easy to take here at number two. <clears throat> um, but the, the only concerns for me with Herbert are those weapons, right? Like is how long are we going to have Keenan Allen? He had a good year this year, but you know, 
Mike Williams, p- pending free agent, no tight end to speak of versus when you flip the script for the Burrow, just like you mentioned. So um, I honestly think the first two picks are pretty easy if we're talking super flex. Um, and I, I'm not going to fault you for whatever route you go. Uh, mm-hmm. I do. I can totally understand the uh, <laughs> the uh, taking the guy with the better weapons for sure. So we're going Burrow, Herbert, one, two. Felt like that was pretty chalk. Uh, so let's dive into number three. Who would you take as your third rookie sophomore? Uh, for me, it's going to be the wide receiver train. Typically I would go running back, but knowing that this is a back and forth exercise with me right now, I'm very comfortable with both of my top, basically three running backs. Mm -hmm. Um, I still think that there is a clear drop off, even though chase surpassed his former teammate and my guy, Justin Jefferson, I still like Justin Jefferson more than Jamar chase as an overall NFL prospect, as a guy who's in the NFL, he's blowing records away. Basically he's just behind OBJ's historic start to the season. Um, Adam Thielen's another year older. They're going to continue to add to this offense. Um, I I love me some Justin Jefferson. So that would be my first wide receiver and skill position off the board Mm. in this format. Yeah, I think, uh, and I didn't do this intentionally, but I did make my life a little bit easier because I felt like the first four were kind of like that. It was whatever quarterback you like and then whatever wide receiver you prefer. Um, Because I'll just go ahead and take Jamar Chase. Uh, I think him and Jefferson are very, very close. Uh, I love the fact that Chase is paired with Joe Burrow. What we saw from both of these guys the last two years has been absolutely insane. Uh, when two years with Jefferson this last year with Jamar Chase, you can't go wrong with either of these guys. Honestly, I think if you're if you're talking about the non QBs, uh, in my opinion, I think it's those two wide receivers, um, you know, at the top. And you can again, similar to the QBs, you can go either route. I think yeah. they're they're both extremely talented. They're to- they're very young, right? They're coming into the league young, and you cannot go wrong with these guys. It for me sometimes what when I've been thinking about these wide receivers this offseason, it's not like it's not the concern over man. Can they do for? Can he eclipse fourteen hundred yards again? Right? Can Jamar Chase bust all these long plays? It's more of like, do is his value going to get any higher? Like, should I should I continue to own him on these teams where I'm kind of in the middle? Right? Can I cash out? You know. But I think the, as far as talent level, they're awesome. So we got Burrow, Herbert, Je- Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase at four. So I'll kick it back to you for number five. Yeah. And for me on this one, uh, I'm jumping for joy. If I'm getting Jonathan Taylor at the fifth overall pick in this situation, I understand it's a super flex, but like the dude's a tank. Um, I was dabbling between Jonathan Taylor and the first tight end off the board, which I have a feeling you are most likely going to be taking with this next pick. Um, But I'm going with JT. He's a workhorse. Any, any hesitation you had about him at all is gone. Like there's, if you can find a bad thing to say about Jonathan Taylor or his outlook or his offensive line or his team in general, even with Carson Wentz, even with corpses replacing Carson Wentz, the dude still performed just historic touchdown successiveness of every week scoring a touchdown this last year. And it's just something that's going to continue. He gets the volume in the passing game, the rushing game, all the goal line carries. Naheem Hines is now irrelevant. We were all concerned about it this year because of what he did last year. Um, JT's my guy. Yeah, I think uh, the one thing I had at number five as well overall in this uh, in this exercise, and for me, it's like because next week, just a little uh, preview. Next week, I'll be taking a look at my initial twenty twenty two redraft rankings and doing mm-hmm. a comparison of some of the biggest risers as far as compared to how I ended twenty twenty one. And when I look at the running back position for twenty twenty two only, it's for me, it's JT, it's Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler. Like that's a tier. I like all of them. You know uh as those first three picks 
But when you look at Dynasty, I think it's like it's JT huge. Like for me, it's a gap gap. And then like, the re- you know, the rest of the yeah. backs. I think JT for sure is going to be your Dynasty RB1 for the next at least two seasons, um, which for running backs is still a long time. Like, I don't think there's anything that's not a negative against mm-hmm. him. I think you could be looking at more, but I think you lock it in two seasons of the, the best running back. Even if he doesn't finish RB1, like he, this guy will finish RB top five the next two years. Yeah, bearing injury. So I think JT is a great pick there, and definitely was the guy that I had number five as well. We're 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 gonna start mixing it up, I'm sure, here shortly, but we won't at pick six because I'm gonna go with Kyle Pitts. Um, this was a guy that rose up my board a lot despite his one touchdown. Um, I think when you looked at it, you saw a little bit of not not bad, like the dude was a stud, but a, just a little crack in the Travis Kelsey armor, right? Like mm-hmm. I think people are, you're going to, we're going to have this whole off season to overthink everything. He's, I think Kelsey's 31. Um, you know, when you look at Kittle and Waller, those guys a little bit older as well. Andrews with a great season. He's a little younger than those other guys. So he's definitely that contention. But like, I think when you also look at some of the guys that took mm-hmm. a step or that didn't take that step forward, like for me, TJ Hawkinson, I'm like, I'm like, man, I, I hope he's as good as we want him to be. But like that kind of solidifies Kyle Pitts for me as like he's just kind of like JT's kind of locked and loaded RB1. I think Kyle Pitts for Dynasty is that at may, you know, for me, he's the tight end one if you're going straight up startup um, because of the age. But he's he's got to be in that top three, regardless of if you want to take the shot on Kelsey or or Andrews. So for me in this format with it being tight end premium, I'll take Kyle Pitts at number six and just know that that rookie campaign was really awesome. And if the dude scores like five touchdowns, I think people are freaking the hell out, which shouldn't mm-hmm. really make a difference. Um, the volume was there. The talent was obvious. Um, and I think he's be, he'll be looking at a at a QB upgrade <laughs> in two years at, at the least anyway. But uh, I like Kyle Pitts at number six. So any thoughts on uh, kind of sound like you had Pitts there. Any thoughts on Pitts at six and then who are you taking at seven? Yeah, Pitts makes sense for me at six. Um, that quarterback situation is really sketchy to me, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan looked the worst this year that he's looked in my recollection, basically, since I've been playing fantasy football. Even though he has the classic roller coaster season, good season, bad season, good season, bad season, uh, it was historically bad. Since his rookie year, he has not had a statistical season like what he just put up. Um it was just boneheaded mistakes, boneheaded decisions. They have no weapons right now. If Calvin Ridley doesn't come back, they're basically forced into taking a skill position player or spending out the ass next season for a skill position player. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But Pitts is the right move, in my opinion, with tight end premium in this one. This is the exact moment where the format starts messing with my head a little bit with it being <laughs> tight end premium and quarterback. Super flex. Um, I'm not going to go quarterback position, though. I am going to double down and hit back up the running back position. And I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. Um, This may be a little bit unpopular um, due to the workload, due to the situation with the team. uh, But Detroit was feisty. And because of the injury that happened this year to Swift and the way he came back and didn't really look amazing due to the fact that he was still injured and never should have came back that we talked about like on three podcasts in a row. Still mad at Dan Campbell. Um, he looked amazing midseason. He was balling like nobody's business in the midseason, and that's something that I see continuing. He finally is getting the workload. Campbell stopped being cute with handing Williams the ball all the time and just was giving basically everything to Swift. Um, he started getting the goal line looks. He 
was bonkers for like four weeks in a row with his reception and target totals. And as long as Jared Goff is the quarterback, which I think is probably still going to be the case next year based off of how well he played. He had a very underwhelming statistically, but he kept the the team basically in games they had no business being in. Um, I like Swift's outlook long-term and the team outlook, honestly. So uh, Swift is my second running back out of the entire last two classes, and so I'm going with him. I like the call. He was my RB2 as well. Um, and I think a lot of the time, too, like if you're talking about just kind of like dynasty overall, yeah. some of these positions, too, like from the guys that we're talking about today, is going to translate to the top guys in, in, in just yeah. in startups in general, too. But I like Swift a ton. I loved his involvement in the passing game. was awesome. I mean, you need to see that if you're going to be a top-end running back. There's a few guys I really like, but I'm questioning their involvement a little mm-hmm. that we're going to get to here later. I love Swift. Um, I had him a little, just a little bit lower, but I like the call there because he, he was my RB two from these last two classes as well. I'm going to make you make the tough decision at QB because I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna steer away from there at least one more time as well. And this has been I went back and forth on this guy because of, mm. I'm trying to avoid homerism, but I'm still gonna take CD Lamb. Uh, this mm. Sunday was disaster. I mean, I don't know what the hell that was. And if that recency bias opens up the door as a buy low for CD, I'm going to go after it this off season. Uh, I still think he's extremely talented. He's going to be obviously paired with Dak Prescott throughout his rookie contract, um, which is at least three more seasons in Dallas who lines up on the other side of him or on the outsides. If he, if they put him in the slot a little bit more, um, that still remains to be seen. You have some free agents there in Dallas with, um, Gallup and Cedric Wilson, uh, a contract that has an out with Amari Cooper, uh, and and Dalton Schultz is also pending free agent too. So you could be looking at you know a, a revamped offense as far as those weapons go. But I still think you know before the season, I had Lamb real right there with Jefferson, like it was one A one B. I think Jefferson showed you that he is the alpha, uh, and Lamb to me could be that, um, but just didn't show up this year enough. I believe he was wide receiver like 18 in, uh, in PPR, that's not good enough um, for him to be like the a, a blue chip, but he's still really high up there. So I'm going to take him at eight, just be, mainly too because of some of the quarterback questions. And I think Lamb is pretty will be pretty safe. So uh, as far as that front, the upside might not be what I thought it could have been. But I'll take Lamb at eight, and I'll kick it back to you for uh, pick nine. Yeah, uh, I had a feeling you were going to do this to me. Uh, <laughs> just so everyone knows, I actually have two wide receivers over the last oh. two years that I have ranked higher than Lamb. Okay, there uh, was at least one I felt like I, I debated, but I was wondering. I wanted your thoughts on that, so I, I'm glad yeah, we're going to get there. I, I probably know <laughs> who it is. It's probably the guy that I have ranked highest. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but for me, I have to go quarterback in this situation, and this one's probably going to rock some boats, but I'm going Trey Lance as the oh. third quarterback off the board right now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence did negative things to make me feel good about him. And it's not just the offense. Uh, he was forcing balls. He was extremely inaccurate for the first time in his career, something we didn't see in college. He never had like pinpoint accuracy, but he was always in the ballpark. And there was so many throws this year, just outside of the wheelhouse that you weren't used to seeing in Trevor Lawrence, which concerns me. It wasn't just urban Meyer. The dude didn't look good at all. The whole offense didn't look good. And with that offense in flux, you're telling me that Laquan Treadwell was the most successful wide receiver on your team this year, even though you had some names on it. That concerns me. Um, Trey Lance, say what you will. He had a couple of turnovers. He doesn't look super pretty. 
the rushing floors there. It's absolutely beautiful. And when he's actually in there as the starter, he's produced for your fantasy teams if you played him. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things where the floor means something. He's looked good. His arm is a freaking cannon, just like pretty much anyone that you want to say has the strongest arm and out, out of any of these classes, really. Um, he's up there. And I'm very excited to see when he has the full offseason, inevitably as the starter is what Shanahan said going forward. So I'm excited to see what he can do next year. I think he has the safest floor out of all the remaining quarterbacks. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was, I'm definitely surprised you went that route because I thought I was going to have to make the the call. Even I don't think it's necessarily tough, but and apparently it's not for you either because you took Lance as the first QB as far as from the this year's rookie class, third yeah. overall in this in this uh, process here. So I, I agree with you. Like I had I had Lance over Fields, not because I think they're I love one over the other, but yeah. like one's in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan and a front office that is not going anywhere, and the other one's in Chicago where everyone just that picked him just got fired. So except for uh, the person that's making all the bad decisions to begin with, but that's it's fine. I digress. That's true. Uh, so I I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go Fields here anyway. But that was what my thought process was: Lance or Fields. Yeah. I'm still going to go Trevor Lawrence at 10. Um, you know, the tough part with him is, you know, with compared to Lance and Fields is like those guys should have rushing floor. So even if they suck as a passer and they turn into Jalen Hurts, yeah. you're still looking at a very solid fantasy quarterback. Um, Trevor Lawrence, on the other hand, uh, the, I had this discussion and hell, I might have mentioned on this podcast. I can't remember where I say stuff these days. But like I remember going into the season, you know, like the rookie hype period. I'm like, oh, oh all right. Do we, are we getting Andrew Luck, you know, minus mm-hmm. the retirement thing? Are we getting Andrew Luck? And then like halfway, maybe a quarter, halfway through the season, I'm like, all right, I'll take Kirk Cousins like plus. Like I, that, I'm okay with that. Like you can still get it there. And by the end of the season, I'm like, is this Derek Carr? Like, mm. is that my? Uh, <laughs> like, is this Daniel Jones? <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to toss the man into the deep end like that and just yeah. drown his ass already. But uh, I'm still holding out some hope. I'm going to go with Te- Trevor Lawrence here at ten. He would be my. Third quarterback overall, just a hair above Lance, but that is saying something because it, there was a huge gap there, in my yep. opinion, a lot of people's opinion that it was you know Lance, and then you know nice nice uh, upside there with Lance and Fields, but I to me they're all clustered in this in a threesome here uh, in my rankings. So I'm gonna yeah. go with uh, Lawrence here at number ten. So I'll do a quick re- just I'm gonna do a quick rundown yeah. through the first ten: Burrow, Herbert, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, JT at five. And then six through 10 is Pitts, Swift, C.D. Lamb, Homer pick, Trey Lance, and Trevor Lawrence at number 10. So I'll kick it back to you for number 11 as we're a fourth of the way through here. Yeah, uh, this fits perfectly based off of the fact that I was uh, telling everyone to take this guy at the 11 to 14 range last year. Um, it's my boy, Justin Fields, um, with a super flex situation. Like you said, the floor is there. Um, they're all in a three pack, basically these three guys, you don't really know how any of them are going to turn out Two are in terrible situations. One's in a great situation. That's why I picked the guy in a great situation first. Um, it is a coin flip for me for Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the thing is there is no way that the Chicago Bears situation can get worse than what it was last year for fields, having to split with Andy Dalton. Um, at least the Gardner Minshew split never happened. Like Urban Meyer threatened it to happen basically all off season. Um, with fields, like I said, the offensive line actually got quite a bit better throughout the year. Um, Tevin Jenkins might be a bust low key. Just going to tell you all that as a bears fan, watching him play was atrocious. Um, Jason Peters actually looked good. So I, 
am optimistic. Um, Allen Robinson's absence wasn't really felt all that much because when he was in the game, wasn't that great. Um, for me, Chicago is a prime landing spot for an alpha wide receiver, i.e. a guy like Mike Williams realistically could land in Chicago as that true big body outside to pair with some of the speedsters on the team. Um, Justin Fields just needs weapons. Um, he needs his tight end to catch more balls, even though he was on a historic base for targets and um, catches. But we'll talk about that later. Um, I'm going Fields in this situation with it being super flex. I think he's the last of a very finite tier that happens at the quarterback position where I'm comfortable just railing off skill positions for the next couple of picks for myself before I go back to the QB well. Yeah, and I'm and I'm right there with you after uh, after – those five QBs with obviously the, the tier of the Burrow Herbert and then this year's rookie class, there's a drop-off. Um, so I think that's the right pick there for sure. I still think there's nice upside there. And, I, I mean, if you're a QB needy team, you're looking to kind of reset your quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, the the line should be patience, but we all know that dynasty owners are not <clears throat> the most patient people. So I don't have any problem going out there and trying to, you know, trying to take a stab at the owner that had took fields or Lance and, and see, I mean, I think you can get them at a lower price than you got that he was yep. going for last year for sure. And you might be able to get a discount that might surprise you. But if you own those guys, my, my uh, advice would be to hold Pat for yep. now. That was my recommendation last weekend for anyone who has not uh, paid attention to the rookie rundown. That's my perfect segue into my little plug. <laughs> I went through go. the buys and sells slash buys and cash outs of the rookie class from last year and justin fields was on my buy list just based off of pure value alone that you're going to be able to get um go and check it out if you want the full analysis but i'd tell you the picks that you should be taking slash trading for him so yeah awesome see there you go that's a true professional right there uh our buddy mike <clears throat> did he is already spoiling your uh your tease that you did there he said you can't draft jimmy J jimmy graham so the ageless wonder so the guy who somehow yeah. was still in the top six <laughs> in tight end touchdowns yeah doesn't make sense. It doesn't does make sense to anyone. Sense. Does not make sense. Um, I'm, but you mentioned it. You that uh, you know, there's some skill position players coming up in your rankings, and there is for mine as well. Uh, at number twelve, this guy is actually at number twelve for me. So we're 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 staying at least uh, on the same path here at the top of the board. I'm going with Najee Harris. Um, he's my third running back. I liked his involvement in the passing game. I think he's extremely talented there. Uh, the se the season was really weird because that team was just a pile. Um, and then I don't love the early reports that like, well, Mason Rudolph and Haskett and Dwayne Haskin could be in line. I'm like, Oh my God, like you guys, you can't figure something else better than that. You I mean, but they've had all these years and they haven't done anything about it. So maybe that's just what they're going to stick with. But mm -hmm. I still think Najee is going to be a workhorse back. Um, I, there's definitely some other running backs I like that are, that are coming up here quickly. But I think that when you look at, you know, JT is obviously the man, but when you look at Swift and, and Najee, I think you're looking at two workhorse running backs that are extremely hard to find. Um, and I don't think they're coming off the field. So uh, I'm going to stick with Najee Harris at number 12 uh, here on this one and uh, kick it back to you for number 13. Yeah. Um, so I am going to dive back into the wide receiver well, which uh, is a guy who I think you may have been eyeing. And I think for both of us, even after what Jamar Chase has done, might be still our favorite guy on the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver core. And that's Mr. T. Higgins himself. Um, mm -hmm. Way back in the day, those of you that are, uh, you know, multi year uh, 
Patreon and or DWZ Network listeners know that on the first contractor episode that I did um, and the second one, I talked quite a bit about T. Higgins. He was my second highest rated wide receiver coming out of the class just behind C.D. Lamb. Um, The dude showed you what he can do when he gets the targets on the tail end of this season. Um, Everyone was waiting for the blow up game. All the haters were saying that it wasn't going to happen now that Jamar Chase was there. And what happened? Chase saw 10 targets, but T. Higgins saw 15 and caught four, like 13 of them for what a buck 50 and two. The guy went absolutely nuclear in the same fashion that Chase did. This offense can sustain two bosses on the outside. And for me, the quarterback situation out of all of the remaining wide receivers still feels the most comfortable by going with a guy like Higgins. Uh, there's still a weird stigma out there. So it's a guy that I think you can get at a discount, especially after what Chase did this year, even though he low-key put up pretty much equal numbers to what he did his rookie season with more competition. Um, so I'm going with T. Higgins. Yeah, I uh, I like that call a lot. I love me some T. Higgins. I think that you can feed off of the fact that uh, in acquiring this guy cheaper than he should go for because like of the wide receiver two stigma, like, oh, he's not the lead dog there. It's just like, well, yeah. he was he and points per game. He was wide receiver 12 this year. So, I mean, and he got off to a pretty slow start. Uh, was a little bit banged up. You know, he was yeah. missed, a, missed a game or two, was missing some practices. So I don't think he was 100%, which all these guys are dealing with injuries. But I, I think there's even bigger days ahead for T. Higgins. So I love the yeah. upside with that kid. Um, and I think you can get him a little cheaper than even, I think you can get him cheaper than the guy that I'm taking next, which is another receiver. I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle. Um, love the, the volume for this kid. I think he showed uh, that talent-wise, you know, uh, given that opportunity as well, like this guy's going to be a really solid dynasty wide receiver um i don't think that he has the upside of cd lamb even uh i think he but i think he's gonna be that you know consistently maybe even you know in ppr maybe a little bit of a boost obviously but he can be in that 10 to 15 range right i don't think he's jamar chase i don't think he's just jefferson i don't think he's gonna jump into that tier but i do think jalen waddle should be extremely solid um and for this i'm you know i'm leaning wide receiver a little bit over running back um, so he was kind of that guy before the running back run for me that I still want, you know, I, I feel like I missed the boat on just cause I didn't, I didn't end up getting him. He was my wide receiver too in the rookie class this year, but for whatever reason, I just didn't get him on too many rosters. And I kind of feel like, well, now he's too pricey <laughs> versus T Higgins is something like, I feel like I get that guy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I like Jalen Waddle a lot. I'm not paying the price for him right now, but if you're doing a, just a startup or whatever, that's where I'd have him ranked as far as, um, over the last two classes I have him as my wide receiver uh, five uh, and 14 overall. So I'm going with Jalen Waddle. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I have concerns with is his depth of target. Um, it felt a lot like one of the age old Jarvis Landry in Miami seasons to me. Yeah. And there, <laughs> he didn't have a ton after the catch, which is mm-hmm. what he was basically lauded about and that was one of his biggest things uh i want to see an offensive minded head coach in miami so that i feel a little bit better about him but i had t higgins and waddle both above lamb in my ranks those were the two wide receivers that i had up there um if kellen moore per se were to go to miami as the head coach which is a possibility um i'd like him quite a bit more than i do right now but if a defensive minded head coach goes there i'm a little bit more concerned that you're going to see that low average a dot um just because he's the only guy that two is comfortable with as a safety blanket. So, 
Yeah, I think it's some when and with some of these guys too, it's gonna be interesting <laughs> to see like whether it be a change in just OC or a change in head coach is what they're you know, that year two could end up looking different. And Waddle, I think, is definitely a candidate for that. So mm-hmm. um I think as far as safety goes, yeah, I would be concerned as far as his upside because of that, because the targets he was seeing were uh <laughs> yes, uh not downfield to say the least. Yeah. So uh yeah, I like uh mm-hmm. I appreciate the insight on that one. Uh we're at number 15 now. So I'll pack to you, Dallas. Uh, yeah, so this is between – so we hit a tier of running backs here, uh, for me, of four guys, which I'm just like, eh, it's kind of a crapshoot. I'm just kind of going based off of how I feel more comfortable about them. And I'm not saying that in a negative connotation because all four of these guys are studs when healthy, but there's a lot of health-related issues with three of them. Um, thus, I'm going to go ahead and say – that the guy I have at the highest is the one that didn't show any health concerns issues, but he did have a split concern issue for me. And that's Javante Williams with the Denver Broncos. Um, Until the last dying snap of the season, the Broncos refused to give him the lion's share of the workload. We thought he was going to get it at the end of the year. He still continued not to. I talked about it in one of my podcasts a couple weeks ago about how I'm still a little bit concerned that they realistically could bring back Melvin Gordon on the cheap next year based off of how freaking good he looked this year. He didn't look aged at all. He did not look like a 28-year-old running back, and I think realistically they would be smart to re-sign him just because of how effective they were as a tandem. Um, but if for some reason they don't, they bring in a lesser guy or just roll with Mike Boone as the RB2, his workload and his efficiency with what he did this season could skyrocket and make him even higher than the two running backs we took before him in Swift and Najee. Yeah, I I, uh, I like the call. I think you mentioned it with, uh, I know Melvin for me was somebody I'm like, okay, just go away, go away. But yeah. Like every time he touched him, I'm like, damn it, he looks good. And uh, I, and Twitter will burn to the ground if he is re- if he's uh, kept. In I I'm telling you, dude, I've been calling it for weeks. I've been like, don't be shocked if he's back. Yeah, and I mean, I I like Melvin Gordon a lot. So I mean, he's always been one of those guys for me that like just a little bit underappreciated, I guess. And he's like a double digit touchdown guy every year. Even though if you remember back in those Chargers days, I mean, they'd give that damn kid like four attempts from the half yard line. He finally busted on fourth yeah. down. Yeah. Um, he was the CEH <laughs> with an extra 40 pounds. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was definitely, uh, it's been a fun ride for Melvin. We'll see if we get one more year out of him, but maybe hopefully somewhere else for Javante's sake, but I still mm-hmm. like the kid's talent. Uh, so we got Javante Williams at 15. I'm with you on the running backs. I actually have five all kind of clumped together. So we'll see where the difference mm-hmm. is. I wasn't necessarily expecting to put this guy at the top and I don't want to just like be too, recency bias with this but i i liked this kid a lot going into the year and we never got to see it until last week and that's cam Akers. um i love the offense he's in i think mm-hmm. that he can do it all and coming off that injury i was scared to death you know i you know i had him in a couple spots i was afraid to go get him because i was just like man who knows can he come back from this and he mm-hmm. comes back the same season um and then what we saw you know they gave him a couple carries and then on sun or monday night sorry the first round of the playoffs they just you know they used him a ton considering yeah. that this kid is just coming back. So I, I think when you factor in just where he's playing, what the upside is for the running back in that offense, I mean, we saw the course of Sony Michelle be extremely fantasy relevant. And mm-hmm. I think Cam Akers is obviously much talented than him um, and can do more things. So uh, yeah, there's definitely little question marks with all of these guys in this range for me. Um, so they're all really close, but if I, right after Javante comes off the board, I'd go Cam Akers. So uh, what's your thoughts on that? And who, who are you leaning at 17? 
Yeah, I actually have one running back above Cam Akers, but he was not at the bottom of the tier that I was associating that with. And uh, I like him. Like I said, I've seen what I've need I've needed to see coming back from the Achilles where I'm not concerned about. That's why he's ranked higher than the guy that's bottom of this tier for me. Um, but Elijah Mitchell is the running back I actually have ranked oh, higher okay. than Cam Akers, which I know you can call that recency bias. Um, he was a little banged up as the other two in this tier were for me. But he's the only running back that we've seen this, like the true lion share be handed to in the Shanahan offense. When he is healthy, he gets everything. There's no sprinkles of other guys in the passing game. There's no stupid use check runs up the gut. He gets <laughs> everything. And that's not something we've seen from a Shanahan offense on a regular basis. So as long as he stays healthy, he's shown the speed. He's shown the pass catching chops. He's shown the just pure brutality that he has in between the tackles when he gets to the goal line. So I'm a pretty big Elijah Mitchell fan. I think he's going to be quite a bit cheaper in the same vein that a guy like James Robinson was just because they kind of filled the exact same role in the fantasy landscape this year as being a very, very buy low guy going into week one that lasted all season. Um, so I'm pretty high on Elijah Mitchell and that's why I have him actually just a little bit higher than a guy like Cam makers. Gotcha. All right. And he's definitely a pull. He, for me, that's a polarizing player. Like just because I mean, I how can we can we how much can we really discount what he did this year? We looked awesome. Yeah. He's in a great spot. Dude, was, yeah, I'm telling you, dude, he's James Robinson 2.0. Yeah. Like he, we all asked who was going to be the James Robinson again, and we were all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I like I like that call. Honestly, I'm probably too low on him. Um, at 18, I'm gonna stick with the running backs here. And this is a guy, I don't know, maybe I, you know, I have him ahead of Mitchell by uh, three or four spots, actually. Um, I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson. Uh, I I like him. I don't love him. Like, yeah. I, I think that uh, he does thing. He does really good things. Uh, I think it's also just hilarious that the whole thing, you know, the narrative on him was, it's a wide receiver. Like, they converted to running back. Like, you know, but then we haven't really seen him used in the passing game. Like you would yeah. expect that kind of guy to be to use. But, um, you know, a lot of question marks, obviously. You don't even know what the Q- QB is going to be there next year. The regime is intact. But, um, you know, he. I still think that he's just a guy that can be a solid low-end RB1, high-end RB2 over the course of his career. A little bit limited upside um, compared to a couple of these guys. I like their upside more, but I just think he's a little bit safer. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm going to take the the solid, you know, gap double and take Antonio Gibson. Um, some people might think that's a homer because they love him, but I think he's just solid running back. So I'm gonna go with him at 18. Yeah. Um, for me, I have one guy above Gibson. Um, Gibson was the one guy not in this tier and this was the injury tier that I was referring to. So I have JK Dobbins ranked higher than him just because the ceiling that we've seen in games from JK Dobbins has been higher than what we've seen from Gibson. Gibson has only had basically one game where I've been like, Oh wow, that's pretty wild when he did get used in the passing game and the running game looked like a true track star out there. Um, and got those touchdowns. What hasn't been there has been the touchdowns in quite a few games and the past game work. So I'm concerned that you're looking at a situation like Alfred Morris, good old Fred Morris with the Washington Redskins before the name change. Um, so I'm a little bit concerned about Gibson. Plus, I've just I've never been like wowed by him um, mm. thus far in the last two years. So it's just kind of underwhelming. I like Dobbins. The reason he's not at the top of the tier, even though I like his game tape quite a bit more than the guys are ranked above him in Akers and Mitchell, is we have no idea what's going on with that knee right now. Um, there's a lot of talk about it being 
quite a bit of serious damage, which is very sad for a guy who was extremely, extremely explosive. Um, hopefully it turns out all right, but until I see him on the field, I can't have him ranked any higher. Um, I do just based off of pure talent and what I understand and the guys that are below him, but he's basically the last running back that I have before I'm making the position switch back to a couple other guys that catch the ball. Yeah. I had Dobbins pretty close to where I, I had um, <clears throat> overall. I, I like, I like the kid a lot. Like you said, the unknown of the injury really just stinks because he's in a really good situation as far as whether paired with Lamar Jackson. I mean, this kid, has a ton, I think has a ton of upside. So I hope he's back to hundred percent and we can see it. Uh, you know what we saw those flashes of in that second half of uh, 2020 when they finally handed him the, the reins. So mm-hmm. um, I like the Dobbins call there though. Um, despite the question marks, I'm actually going to go at 20. So we're halfway home. We're running a little long. So we might speed this up, but that's all right. Yeah. We got, I'm going with another running back here that we have injury question marks and how we've never even seen him play. Uh, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne. Um, I think that, uh, the James, the James Robinson injury, like probably opens the door for a little bit more work for him next year. Obviously, honestly, like I was on the train, I was on the James Robinson train, uh, where only because Jerry was, I guess I like, honestly, I look around mm-hmm. like as soon as they drafted ETN, I'm like, damn it. And then ETN got hurt. I'm like, I'm okay. I survived. And then like, he's been awesome. and like, hell yeah. And then he gets hurt at the end of the season. I'm like, all right, well, we might just be back up to where we thought we started here at the beginning of the year. Um, but honestly, I love the fact that ETN can be involved in every facet of the game. Um, he's a great pass catcher, obviously. Um, but, and he's going to get forgotten, um, because we've never even seen him touch the field yet. Um, but I think, you know, I'll be real interested to see where he kind of lines up when we even add this incoming rookie class, um, as well. But I know for me, like he was the running back two behind Najee and to get him at a pretty steep discount, um, I'm willing to take the shot just see how the upside pans out, despite the fact that he's still on Jacksonville. Um, yeah. So uh, real quick, because I, I know we got, I just said we got to speed up. I'm going to ask you anyway. You're good. What's your I'll thoughts on I'll be less long-winded going forward. <laughs> what's, your, what's your thoughts on ETN? Uh, uh, I like ETN a lot. He's actually my next guy. So okay. we, everyone that we've ranked right now has been in line by the time we get to the end of the round. So okay. we've gotten through my top 20 guys. <laughs> um, I like Etienne a lot. I actually acquired him for the 108 um, prior to the end of the season was actually right before the James Robinson injury is when I acquired him for the 108. I'm ecstatic about it because at the 108 and a one QB, I don't think you're getting a running back even close to what the potential is of Etienne. Um, we haven't seen him. If you once again, want to check out an episode where I talk deeply about Etienne, check out the last rookie rundown because I dive deep into my analysis on him. And that's all I'm going to say. I love it. All right. We're in the second half here. We got 21. We'll go a little bit more rapid fire back and forth. Yeah. Um, so, uh, who you got? Uh, it is going to be the guy that is basically, I have a three block of wide receivers, including CD lamb based off of what I've seen. And I'm going with Devonta Smith. Um, Hertz has basically been lauded and accepted as the quarterback of the future, at least for next year by all of the management, the GM, the head coach there in Philly. Uh, even though they lost, he did what he needed to basically this year to secure the job. You're going to get the continued rapport between two guys that played with each other already. They showed a pretty good chemistry. Uh, the thing that was concerning was specifically the deep ball. For some reason, Devonta Smith just could not get to a lot of the deep balls, even though Hertz is a very accurate deep ball thrower. Um, so I'm hoping that increases. Um, you see a better percentage of catches when targeted. He was at 62% this year, which is terrible for a wide receiver. Um, 
So I'm looking for increased production on a guy who still is open like every play. If you just go back, I know a lot of us don't have access to the all 22 tape, but I've seen a couple from Matt Waldman where I'm just like, he's so open. He's still so open. It's, it's a clone basically of a guy like Jerry Judy, who we'll talk about, I'm assuming here in a little bit, um, where they're just so open. They just need to be hit by their quarterback more often. But uh, yeah, I'm going Devonta Smith next. All right, we'll go back-to-back Eagles here. I'm going Jalen Hurts. I'm popping the QB mm-hmm. uh, bottle again. Uh, he moved up a couple spots actually this morning when the Eagles like kind of came out and pretty much said that he's a starter next year. Yeah. Um, does that mean it's one year of Jalen Hurts? Maybe, but he's a top 12 quarterback, and hell, that could be more usable years than any of the other you know heading into their second year guys that we just took 10 picks ago so mm-hmm. you know yes obviously i like hurts far less overall for like from a dynasty perspective but when you're looking at hurts he is going to be a qb1 in 2022 um and i feel pretty good about that if you get anything else um uh, in future years with him i think that's just gravy and i'm okay with that because um, i know i'm getting a solid quarterback for at least one year um, and not like a Daniel Jones situation. So yeah. um, I'll go with Hertz at 22 and then kick it back to you. Uh, I'm following suit actually with a quarterback position here and going with Tua Tungavailoa. And it is not because of an obscene talent amount that he showed us. Um, he's been a very middle of the road quarterback, which is pretty much all you really need for a quarterback too. That's why I do enjoy him, but why I'm doubling down on him in most leagues that I own him and the ones that I don't, I'm going to try to acquire is the fact that they fired Brian Flores over the fact that he didn't want to use him, which tells me there's absolutely no way that the new head coach is going to get any, any leeway with another quarterback being brought in or being drafted. They're sticking with Tua. You have the wide receiver in Waddle. You have hopefully Gusecki who they bring back as a monster when he's healthy um, and you would expect one of these top tier running backs to land there. I don't know how they can keep going with the running back roulette that they've been playing. Um, so I'm going with Tua after this point, everyone's just kind of a crap shoot at the quarterback for me. So um, even in super flex, I'm not really eyeing anyone else, but Tua is the last guy where I'm like, all right. Yeah. I like you. I gotcha. I'm going to go, I'm going to go running back um, to me. There's really, I think I only had two more on my, or maybe I got three more on my list total. Um, and you better this be saying kind of, my guy right. Now. I'm gonna. Fight. I, I'm going with Clyde edwards Hilaire. <laughs> uh, I I I know where you're headed. Um, I just I think that like, and again, this is not this is another like, uh, I don't, this is more like you hit you hit it you thought was to the gap, but then the outfield just fell down and you still got a double out of it. This yeah. is like Antonio Gibson mind like less like light whatever. Um, I. I think that we've seen enough situations where I'm totally out on CEH as an RB one, like a top 12 guy. Like he's had, he's been outplayed by Mm. lesser guys. And, you know, in, as far as what we thought were lesser guys, maybe CEH is just lesser, right? He's definitely shown some flashes. He's also been banged up two straight years. Um, Now all it takes is like one solid playoff game and people will be all the way back in him. And then I will be all the way out on him. But for where he's at right now, as far as his value kind of falling down, I'm okay with him here. This is 24 overall out of these last two classes. So, uh, yeah, I got uh, just a couple of running backs left, but I'm going to go, I'm going to lean CEH and then kick it back to you for 25. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm offended, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with my guy, Michael Carter. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, the last game of the season when he was healthy, he was on pace for like 600 yards before he pulled his hammy. So um, the dude's very good. He showed everything he needed to. He won the running back position by the end of the year before he got hurt. 
the two games to end out the season when he was hurt and was being replaced by the other guys showed absolutely nothing. He was pretty much the lone bright spot outside of another rookie who I'm positive we'll be talking about in the next couple picks from the Jets. Um, he's the last running back of the last two classes where there's pretty much any upside of like a featured role happening on the team. Um, so I just went ahead and swooped him up before we hit a bevy of uh, pass catchers over the next couple picks. So, yeah, and uh, I'm we're, I'm sticking with you. I'm in New York and I'm going with a jet Elijah Moore. Uh, he's the for me, he's the last like guy that I feel like could be a true difference maker that's left out of this of this these two draft classes. Um, there's guys I like, don't get me wrong. Um, and in fact, I think more has more upside than even CEH. I took a couple of picks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he has the, he has the talent to be a freaking stud. Um, I, I had him right there with Waddle heading into the year. Uh, and I don't know that he really showed me anything that to, to say that that was wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, he was really good when he was on the field. I forget the exact numbers. I don't have it in front of me. I apologize. But like, for that that stretch of games, he was like a top five wide receiver. <laughs> just as like, and some of it was a little flu- fluky, but like still, like you saw that this kid's really talented, especially in an offense that was struggling to get the ball to anyone. Um, yeah. So I like more a ton. And uh, again, if this is a guy that you can take advantage of him not being on the field late in the season because people are going to forget about that middle of the year, I, I'd do it because I think this kid's absolutely is solid. If you can get him for a fraction of what you have to pay up for to get Waddle, I'm doing that. You know, let, give me that for sure. So on a value-wise, I love it. Elijah Moore at 26, back to you for 27. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to set the world ablaze with homerism over my next two picks, but I'm going wide receiver, and I'm going with a guy I actually had ranked higher than Elijah Moore, and that's Darnell Mooney. Uh, anyone who has not been paying attention to Darnell Mooney needs to. Uh, that's just what I'll tell you guys. He went over 1,000 yards this season. Uh, over a hundred targets this season. Uh, the touchdown totals weren't super high because the touchdowns for the team in general weren't very high, but he proved he can be a wide receiver one on this team. And when he's not asked to be a wide receiver one next year, I think it's going to look even better. Um, he's shown more in his last two years than pretty much any of the other remaining wide receivers from the 2020 class. Um, I've seen more that I like. I like the situation with the quarterback more than what I currently see happening on the other teams. And so I'm going Darnell Mooney. Um, I had him above Elijah Moore just based off of the quarterback situation in general, because I told you before the season, I hated Zach Wilson and I still hate (laughs) Zach Wilson. Uh, So I'm going Darnell Mooney. Call me a homer. I don't really care. The dude flies. He makes contested catches that he shouldn't. And he's just got a cool last name. So that's it. There you go. Yeah, I thought uh, I was. That was the one players I'm going through this. I'm like I wonder. I really. I was like, where's Dallas going to have this guy? Um, Number two. <laughs> I, that was. I was like, it, man. It was just. Uh, it was definitely something I was. I was thinking about as I was doing. Like, man, I almost need to put him a little higher just because maybe I have a shot at him. I had three more wide receivers, really two that I felt good about. But he's definitely in that. He's over some names that I don't think that many people. I think there's some names I had him over that I, I don't think many people would be on. Yeah. Um, and I, obviously you're on that train with, with, uh, on Mooney. So, uh, I, I mentioned it with Elijah Moore. Like, I kind of feel like we're at the break where there's some guys have some nice upside, but I think that, you know, they're kind of just contributors to your team. So when that, I'm going to go to a quarterback, I'm going to go with Mac Jones. Uh, he was the best rookie quarterback from this class, but that doesn't mean he's the best fantasy option going forward. Um, so I think what we saw this year was, was good. You know, if you got him in your draft, where, wherever you got him, probably even in Superflex, 
back end of round one. Yeah. Um, I even saw him in, you know, slipping around two a little bit. You're happy because you have a quarterback that you can start for the next 10 years or however long you stay in yeah. your league. Um, so I'm good with that. That's valuable. Um, but I don't think he's a QB one at any point. Uh, he just doesn't have the upside when you don't rush, you better damn have some crazy gaudy passing stats and he won't have that. So, um, at 28, I'm cool with it. Uh, but it's just a, it's just like, Hey, I can add a, a, a contributor to what is the most valuable position in my opinion. And super flex is the quarterback. So I'm gonna add Mac Jones at 28 and kick it back to you for 29. Yeah. Uh, like the Mac Jones pick, that was the only other one really at the quarterback where you can feel like, Oh, he has a job for sure <laughs> after next year. Um, yeah. but yeah, same thing with you. Uh, I mean, five-yard passes just aren't going to do it for me. Um, he had one game against your very own Cowboys where he actually let go, and that's just because Trevon Diggs does not cover the deep ball, as we had multiple conversations about. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so I'm going to kick it back to the tight end position. And once again, yeah, another homer pick. It's Cole Komet. Um, He was top six in tight end targets this year. He was top six in tight end receptions this year. Um, he had 60, I think 61 receptions, if I'm not mistaken. And he ended the season with zero touchdowns um, in the same vein, like a guy like Mark Andrews touchdown totals, not being sustainable and going back towards the regression. There's no way that Komet can, I mean, I can't understand how you have that many targets and that many receptions and zero touchdowns. Um, but it's insane to me. Um, he's the favorite target of Justin Fields right now. Him and Mooney are pretty much the only ones that get the heavy bevy of targets. It was consistent all season as well. He didn't have any really high or really low games. He was pretty much at that five and six target every single game. Um, so when you're looking at the tight end position, I don't really care about the touchdowns. I care more about that target volume and target share. And out of all the remaining tight ends over the last two classes, he's the only one with a respectable target share. So I'm going in this tight end premium and reception premium for the tight ends with a guy like Cole Komet. All right. I'm going to go back to wide receiver. Uh, this is a guy that moved up my board a bit in comparison to where I had him last year. Just really solid. He was actually better as far as overall points. He's right in points per game. He's uh scotch behind, but uh, Michael Pittman, over a thousand yards, six touchdown, solid wide receiver two for your fantasy team. Uh, I, I think that there's some guys that I think have more upside if their situation was better. Um, and Pittman's really is probably going to stay pretty status quo. Um, even if they moved on from Carson Wentz for whatever reason, it's not like Wentz was a huge, you know, plus uh, mm-hmm. for Pittman. He was definitely better than some of the alternatives and what they had. But uh, I, I think Pittman is just, again, a very solid middle of the road wide receiver two and somebody that I'd feel real comfortable with. So, um, despite some of the other situations that might have better upside, uh, if the, if it landed perfect, I think with Pittman, like, I don't really think I could lose here. So I'm going to go with Pittman at number 30 and then, uh, see what you got for 31. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Pittman is the only person I did not have on this list. So oh, I would have, I would have, I would have had him right there, right before the guy <laughs> I'm about to take at the wide okay. receiver position. Um, so I approve of the pick. Um, I'm going with the highest upside player. If even a respectable mid to deep range quarterback lands with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that is chase Claypool. He could be a freaking monster Calvin Mm -hmm. Johnson esque. If he just got someone who could put the ball on a dime deep. And I just, uh, he's so good, but he just does not get like respectable targets. There's always like two guys draped on him and big Ben's thrown it at the back of the defender's head every time. Yeah. And so I'm going with Claypool. He, he once again showed a bunch of circus catches. He had surprising stats. If you look at his year end totals, it's just his game on game average. Wasn't that good. 
Um, Juju, realistically, no way he gets signed back, and the quarterback can't be worse than what they had this year. So um, give me the clay pool when it goes to the upside of all the guys that are remaining. Yep, and this it was actually Mooney, Claypool, and then the guy that was the top of the list for me, very barely, though. Um, I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he is just as talented as some of the receivers that went 10 picks ago. But, um, and actually, if I had to if, gun to my head, I'd probably take Claypool over Judy just because I think, at least with Claypool, you know he's only got one very solid weapon around him and a quarterback position that will probably be addressed. When you look at Judy, they now they re-signed uh, Cortland Sutton, which I was hoping he'd kind of make his way out. Tim Patrick got the bag, which good for him. He's a hell of a like, – yeah. he is a good underrated wide receiver. And then now Judy's still there. Um, I hope they need a – they just get a damn quarterback. I mean, if you want to – if you want like a lotto ticket, go get Jerry Judy or Clay, Chase Claypool. They're very similar to me that as soon as they get any different person standing in the quarterback room, their value goes up like from yep. today. So, um, but the reason I probably would take Claypool well mm. over Judy is just because there's a, one less cook in the kitchen yeah. um, there in Pittsburgh versus in Denver. So as much as I love Jerry Judy, I own too much Jerry Judy. Um, I would, uh, I'm still gonna take him at 32, but those are some buy low guys that I think you're, you're t- especially when you compare to like Pittman, I think Claypool and Judy could see huge boosts if they can upgrade that quarterback position in either Pittsburgh or Denver. So can't yeah. believe he's at 32 here, but that's why I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild to me. I, I'm the exact. I have them back to back. The only reason I put Claypool was again because of that high ceiling and the cooks in the kitchen aspect. But I mean, as you know, you're in the the Aussie league with me. I literally have Claypool and Judy. Um, <laughs> I wish I would have waited one season to purchase these guys because I spent <laughs> quite a bit more last season than I probably needed to to acquire them. But I have the combo of Chase Claypool and Jerry Judy and like. I think five out of my eight dynasty leagues. Dang. All right. um, I'm very heavily invested. I like them both. Like I said, when I was talking about Devonta Smith, Judy is always open. He just doesn't have a quarterback that gets in the ball quick enough. Mm-hmm. Um, just give me a in rhythm passer, a guy like Jimmy G with Jerry Judy, who's constantly open would be amazing for his value. Yeah. Let's see it. Let's hope. All right. We're down. We're at 33 here. Just a few more left. Uh, who are you going with? So this one, this one is like a little bit weird for me. I I want to go back to the tight end position, but I can't go back to the tight end position right now because it's a guy I'm telling everyone to sell this off season. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go back to the wide receiver position. And for me, this one is still a talent in just sticking to my laurels based off of the very limited work that we saw him in this year. I'm going Rashad Bateman. Um, he didn't have the quarterback for basically, I don't know, a third slash half of the season with Lamar being banged up. The offense was never ticking, plus the fact that he was injured for basically the first half of the season. We only saw him for a couple of games in the actual system. They didn't have a healthy running back all year. They were relying on the corpse of Devonta Friedman basically in the backfield. A bunch of backups, a bunch of COVID-ravaged injuries on the offensive line. Um, Rashad Bateman really didn't get a chance to get in any type of rhythm. When he did catch the ball, he looked electric with it in his hands, which is what we saw when he was back in college. And being my wide receiver two from last year's class, not being able to see him fully, it's the same type of situation that I have with a guy like Travis Etienne, where I want to see what he can actually do with a full offseason, where he's not injured with his quarterback in the future. And hopefully when they move a guy like Marquise Brown back into his limited role as a deep threat, as opposed to trying to funnel him the ball, 10 times for 41 yards. Um, so I'm going with the Bateman pick here. 
I like that a lot. Um, he's definitely someone extremely interesting to me. The Baltimore offense is just one that I know I've already kind of like, haven't done, I'm sorry, I haven't done it in the last two weeks, everybody. But uh, I, that's kind of like one I wrote down. Like I want to do a little bit more of an in-depth, see how this offense looked when Lamar was out there. Um, I know Andrews obviously had a monster season, but how much of that came without him, you know, when you look at these guys and how the splits worked. But um, I like the Colin Bateman a lot. Um, he was right there in contention for me. I guess the second half of this uh, draft or pick them or whatever you want to call it here will just be the uh, Kyle keeps taking crappy quarterbacks uh, and then letting Dallas take real players because I'll just go with Zach Wilson. Mm. Um, it's super flex again. Like I, I whatever I mentioned uh, about Mac Jones, you can like copy and paste it here, but just like not be as thrilled about it. Like if you get a playable quarterback for the next three years, that's that's. That's good. I think you could take that for Zach Wilson. I know we all had higher hopes than that. I think Mac Jones is pretty locked in because he's safe. I don't think he can hurt like hurt himself there. He's obviously in a regime that's not going anywhere unless they want to. Uh, Zach Wilson, hell, I mean, everyone could be fired tomorrow and no one would probably be surprised. But um, I, I think Wilson's at least locked and loaded for this year. Hopefully he can take that step and be a startable QB too. Um, but uh, yeah, 34 overall, I guess I'll, I'll just go ahead and bite the bullet and take Zach Wilson and kick it back to you. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I hate that. I hate everything about that. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and transition back to the wide receiver position. And this is a block of guys. I have I have three guys here where they could go pretty much anywhere in this little order. But I'm going to go with a guy that I didn't like before the season. And I will own up to say that I think I was wrong. Even though we didn't see it long-term, we didn't see it in a lot of games due to injuries. Kadarius Tony looked very, oh. very, very Ooh. good <laughs> in the action that he saw where he was the main target. And Kenny Galladay is dead as a prospect. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot of contracts that are going to be up in New York. There's a, a complete offensive upheaval that's going to happen if they stick with daniel jones when a new court when a new offense comes in with a new head coach everyone deserves to be stuck in purgatory forever and i tweeted that out a couple weeks ago when they were talking about yeah daniel jones is still our guy next year i'm like you're an idiot um <laughs> he looks so explosive he's doing things on the field when he's healthy that pretty much only tyreek hill does when he has the ball in his hand maybe debo samuel um, so if you get him healthy with a high target volume, like he was getting in a lot of those games, I like his upside more than quite a few guys on this list that I would have had ranked higher. Um, there's a couple that I feel very sketchy about how high I'd had them ranked last year based off of what they did slash didn't do in their first year. Um, so give me Tony and his upside as opposed to a target hog, who I think you probably have quite a few spots ranked higher than a guy like Tony be honest i didn't forget about him he's like he's on my like the yeah. pool but in my ranks i didn't even put him in here um that was a mistake like and not that i would have had him rank too much higher yeah but this is the right spot for him like i yeah, yeah i was definitely a guy i'm like okay no thank you what a dumb pick like you know and all the whole you know all the whole narrative too is like yeah he had a great last year in florida with kyle pitts like taking yeah. all the attention like i'm i don't need that guy you know I've, I've seen that show you know give me that i don't want the little you know the guy that's just uh you know, speed, which really Tony did much more than that. I was, he was somebody that um, really broke out in the middle of that season, just dealt with the injuries. And honestly, people are going to forget about him um, even more than they did with uh, like Elijah Moore. Right. Cause I mean, yeah. Tony's on the damn giants. Nobody wants a giant on their team. I like that call a lot. Uh, I like it better than this pick that I'm going to make now. And I had this guy ranked at number 33 
on my list. I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. Um, I think that I think he'd be really good. I'm just concerned of the quarterback situation. Like this offense won't sustain that his type of play. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really it. Um, I'm more just taking him like over some of these other guys. Cause I just think he's a little bit more talented and then we'll just see if, you know, we're not good at predicting the future and maybe something will change as far as how they, uh, how this offense goes. But with Trey Lance long-term, I'm just a little bit concerned that Ayuk will never really hit that ceiling that we thought he might've had after that huge end to his rookie season. So yeah. at 36 though, I'm going to go with Ayuk. I, I agree with that one. Um, he's a guy also that I was dabbling with, but I'm on the same way with the way that George Kittle erupted at the back half of the season, the way that Debo has basically just owned that offense right now, mm-hmm. even with a quarterback like Trey Lance coming in, the outside wide receiver doesn't seem very appealing to me. Um, he's the type of guy where like just some team trade the 49ers first <laughs> and just take them off their hands. They can yeah. deal with Jawan Jennings as their wide receiver too. Cause they're going to run the ball 35 times anyway. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Uh, and just get this guy in an offense where it puts them on the outside. Uh, it's just, it'd be so appealing. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, you're really trying to make me do this, dude. I don't want to do it. Um, I'm going to stick at the wide receiver position for one more guy. Okay. And it's a guy that I don't feel great about it, um, but I don't think his overall target share could be any worse than what it was this year. And it's Rondell Moore. Um, his usage was just weird. They went all offseason, all preseason, looking like they were going to make him a feature. And then when he actually could step into the wide receiver one role, when DeAndre Hopkins was down for an extended period of time, they continued to not use him at all. And so I don't really know what's going on on there. He was showing that he could get open. He was showing that he would be electric, um, but he had that one seventy-one yard touchdown this season. And other than that, he just didn't get targeted. That was pretty much the only game where he was relevant. And it's something that's concerning to me. I think a lot of people are a little bit sketched out after what we saw on Monday night with this Cardinals offense in general. Um, so I think there will be a little bit of a shakeup with the way that they're deciding to run it. Hopefully an AJ Green retirement coming soon may elevate his stock a little bit up. Um, but I'm going just pure upside, pure athleticism in a pool of guys that I'm not super high on, but do have upside. Yep. I had Ronda Moore in a couple spots um, and I don't know what the hell is going on there. <laughs> yep. Uh, and like, and not that this is the same because I think Moore already showed more in his limited attempts but like in the back of my mind i'm just i'm still living this andy isabella just nightmare you know like (laughs) like i'm like could is this could be that could this be another second round pick they literally just set on fire for no reason like what the hell (laughs) so uh yeah the fact that he's this far down is definitely a guy that i wouldn't have predicted this i would have expected him to be higher based a little bit based off of where i projected him to be at the beginning of the season but uh, at 38, I'm going to go with Pat Fryermuth uh, at the tight end position. I'm just not very thrilled, I know, with what this position looks like. Um, may, again, maybe it's because of Hawkinson not taking that step. Maybe it's because Noah Fant's getting outplayed by a, the, a dude on his team with a much longer name. Um, you know, Gasicki, little question mark on where he's going to be at. I like him, though, if he lands in a good spot. I, I think Fryermuth is just a guy that, similar to, like, if you take Mac Jones or Zach Wilson, like, you – I think you have a solid enough tight end. Um, he will not, he will can't, I just don't think he'll be that. He'll, he won't turn into Mark Andrews or George Kittle or whatever. He's just not that kind of guy, but I think he can be a very solid tight end for you. 
um, and tight end premium. I'm kind of at the end of the line where I've, I think the most of these guys, while I like them, I think Frymuth is somebody that I won't have to worry about, like just turning into a pumpkin on me. So mm-hmm. I'll go with him and, and bite the bullet for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to, I was forcing myself not to. Um, he is my number one sell of the off season, regardless of position, regardless of anything. And I go into a deep dive as to why on the rookie rundown from last week. So listen to it. Um, number what? 39 is what we're rocking. 39. So this is your last, last one. Yep. Um, I'm going to go back to the running back position and it's a guy who continues to get work um, that will get, a lead role at some point, um, whether or not it is next year, potentially with a cut of the guy that's in front of him after this season, um, or if it's on another team, but it's AJ Dillon. Um, dude looks good whenever he gets work. He looks really, really good. Uh, similar vein to one other running back that may be your next pick. I don't know. Um, but when it comes to AJ Dillon, he's a tank. He's shown elusiveness that he didn't really show in college, and he's shown that he can catch the screen and bury just bury those cornerbacks into the ground. Uh, so I'm going AJ Dillon. Uh, I understand that Aaron Jones is still there, but I really do think that there's going to be a shakeup in the Packers offense, um, specifically if they do not win the Super Bowl. Um, if they win it again, they may run it back just because Aaron's appeased, Devontae's appeased, and you may just see that same tandem of Jones, Rodgers, and Adams. Um, but if not, I think you should see probably a huge shakeup, maybe a higher reliance on the running game, and quite a bit more of A.J. Dillon sprinkled in if there is a Jordan Love appearance coming, which God help us that there is not. Yeah, I, 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 had, I had two shares of A.J. Dillon. I sold one of them midseason when he was like the starter for that one game or whatever because yeah. I was like, Aaron Jones is going to be here for, for this year and next. Like, and at least, you know, and then in the second half, it got not so great <laughs> yeah. for that take. I was like, oh man, this kid actually looks pretty good. So I, I sold AJ Dillon straight up for Chase Claypool. And I felt like, I'm like, I just stole him. Like, hell yeah. And now I'm like, I still like it, but I don't love it. Like before I was probably like, I was putting a poster of that trade up on my wall. Like I, this, I dominated that moment. And now I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that I love it as much, but mm-hmm. um, I do think he's definitely worth being drafted here. I think he's got a ton of upside. Um, if they made him the feature and put Jones in that somewhere in that like eight to 10 touch role, I, I think Dylan could be really damn good for fantasy. Cause then I think Dylan's going to get the goal line work in green Bay if they flip that switch. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Pick 40. Um, this guy probably would have been higher up the board for a lot of people. I am still not sure. Um, that I believe, but I don't know that I can just completely disregard, I guess, the way that our boy Amon Ross St. Brown finished the season. Um, is he ever going to do that again, ever in his career? No, but uh, I think if he, he can be a usable, uh, like Michael Pittman light, then I'm good with that. Um, there's a couple other guys that I really like, but they just have some hurdles in their way um, at the position. I think if those hurdles were removed, then I think they would jump Amon Ra, but for now is the last pick here. Mr. Relevant-ish. Uh, I'll go with Amon Ra St. Brown at number 40. Um, as we put a bow on this thing, you want to rattle off any quick honorable mentions you're disappointed you didn't get to? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one guy. There's only one guy that I had okay. ranked higher, and that's Nico Collins. Um, okay. I've been touting him since about midseason. Um, the dynasty 
trade calculator agrees his values tripled since midseason. Basically, you saw him really start to click with Davis Mills down the road, and he's still pretty much the only receiving option on the team outside of Brandon Cooks, who realistically could get traded once again for, I mean, I wouldn't even be shocked if it was another late first based off of what he was doing with just abysmal quarterback work this season. Um, But Nico is a big guy. He's fast. He was hurt for over half the season when he did get his actual target opportunity. He produced with it. Um, Same thing with Brevin Jordan. And honestly, Davis Mills didn't look very bad. So I'm surprisingly a little bit higher on this entire Houston uh, Texans offense than I thought I was going to be at this point at the beginning of the season, really, when they got the crap kicked out of him. But um, yeah, I'm pretty high on the Houston Texans. Other than that, pretty much everyone's forgettable. Um, There's some guys with some upside. A lot of people like Josh Palmer. I don't know why, Um, but that's about all I have to say. (laughs) My honorable mention was Josh Palmer. Um, to be honest, like just because I think there's two avenues where he could get some work, but I don't think he has like a ton of upside. I wasn't super yeah. excited about putting him on here. Van Jefferson is a guy that I actually like Van Jefferson, but more than Josh Palmer. But I think again, there's some hurdles there um, for him to work his way in. <laughs> don't even. And then, uh, yeah, on just to keep the classic uh, crappy. Uh, uh QB's going the only two guys I didn't draft that were outside my top four technically were Davis Mills and Jordan Love um in that order so um yeah I think that's it that's all I got man uh this was a fun exercise I like doing this every year and I knew it'd be perfect to have you on here so I appreciate you man yeah anytime uh also I did actually forget if you can acquire Hunter Long for like a fourth round pick definitely go out and do it because there is a pretty strong chance that Kaseki is not re-signed in Miami and then he becomes tight end one in Miami with Tua who likes the tight end uh that's that's the last thing I I I like that I dude I I don't know I every year usually I'll go through and kind of see like how many shares of a player I own I didn't do that this year for I was kind of disappointed I didn't at the beginning of the year but I bet you that Hunter Long is probably somewhere in that top 10 of play. Who knows? Maybe it'll pay off, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we will see. Um, I know you uh, kind of noted some things from previous uh, rookie rundown shows, um, not to put you on the spot, but you got uh, anything for us as far as going forward? What's on the docket here for you? Uh, with yeah, the next rundown? two weeks. Uh, so I'm going into my first official top 10 at each position on my next podcast. And then the one to follow will be um, basically senior bowl. It'll be two weeks of senior bowl coverage for me going off of the true senior prospects, what to expect for the game, et cetera. And then following that, my reaction, any guys that actually showcased anything um, looking at you, Sam, Hal, if you look like crap during the game, I'm done with you. Um, but that's pretty much it. Uh, I've got rolling on. Um, it'll be a fun couple of weeks here as uh, we actually start preparing for the draft, which is a little bit closer than people realize. Yes, exactly. And as someone that does not pay too much attention to rookies until about this time of year, I am extremely excited to consume this content. So I'll mm-hmm. be looking forward to checking that out right here on the DWZ network next week here on the SmackDown. I'll be doing a riser and followers, just comparing my initial uh, 2022 redraft rankings compared to how my rankings ended uh, in draft season for 2021. So uh, a lot of names that will not exist on those rankings compared to last year as they are now redraft. But uh, with that, again, be sure to stay subscribed to the Warzone Network. Five stars wherever you're listening to this. Stay tuned in. Catch the Rookie Rundown and, uh, and the Fantasy Football Smackdown here in the coming weeks. We'll catch you guys later. See ya.